The scripture reading today is from Psalm 42, and this is going to be a psalm that's familiar to many people, especially the first couple of lines of it, because a lot of, there's, a, there's quite a few um, uh, hymns or songs that we sing that are based on these first lines. Psalm 42, I'm going to read the entire thing. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God, with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. By day, the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me, while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. May God bless this reading from his holy word. Well, I wanted to talk about this psalm with you because I think it provides a good model for us for how to pray when we're going through times of suffering and even despair. And I hope that you have a Bible or you can pull this up on your computer or your phone as we go along. So, again, I think this offers a model for us how to pray in the midst of suffering and despair. And I want to point out, the first thing I want to point out is that this is a lament psalm. A lament. And a lament is, a, is an honest prayer to God about our suffering, about our grief, about our disappointment. And that's what the psalmist is doing here. He is being honest with God about his emotions. He's praying to God about these things. And he is lamenting specifically, he's lamenting for the presence of God or the sense that God is absent. Now, why is he lamenting for God's presence? Well, because God is the source of life, just like water is a source of life. As a deer pants for living streams, so my soul thirsts for you, O God. So my soul pants for you, O God. And uh, that's, a, that's a beautiful image. Uh, some of you may have seen a deer panting for water, 
Uh, some of you may have never seen that. We've all seen dogs though in uh, the summer heat panting for water after we take them out for a walk or for a jog. The first thing they want to do is go to the water bowl, an image of, of thirst. And the psalm writer is thirsting for the presence of God. My soul, verse two, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. You know, this virus, this pandemic has taught us, I think, our need for God. It has uncovered, I hope, in our lives, a thirst for God. Because, especially in the West, in the modern West, we have relied so much on science and medicine and technology, and we've looked to these things for certainty. And, and now that, is, that has been taken from us. I mean, we, we thank God for science and medicine and technology. We believe ultimately that these are gifts from God. And we hope and pray and believe that the scientists and doctors working on this will be able to come up with a, a vaccine and, and a cure. Um, but we have been reminded of where our ultimate hope is. And... And I'm praying that God will use this. One way that God will use what's happening in this crisis is that he will stir up more of a hunger and thirst for him. Not only among the church, but among all people. I heard a, a podcast this week of a pastor who is in Italy. He's pastoring in one of the hardest hit places in Italy. I think he's in Milan. And he said that normally he, um, he puts on his Facebook page his sermon, and, and normally he gets about 60 views per week. But during this pandemic, he's been putting his sermons on Facebook, and he's been getting 1,000 views per week. And he's saying that, he, he said, as this virus spreads, the, the thirst for the word of God is also spreading. Because... God is bringing us to this realization that our ultimate hope is in him. He, he is the source of life. He is the source of physical life and spiritual life. And, and the psalmist here is, is desiring the presence of God because he knows that God is the source of his life. So he's lamenting that he is not experiencing the presence of God. And and then he laments that he's not with the people of God. He's not able to be together with God's people. At the end of that verse 2, the second part of verse 2, he says, When shall I come and appear before God? And literally that's, uh, when shall I come and see the face of God? And scholars tell us that, that that phrase, seeing the face of God, is often used in the Old Testament to talk about Worship in the temple of God with the people of God. So that is something that the, the psalmist is lamenting as well. It's not just that he can't personally experience the presence of God, that there's a sense of absence from God's presence, but he's not able to experience the presence of God with the people of God. He's not able to worship with them. We would say he's messing church. <laughs> And, uh, of course, that's something that we're going through and, and we'll probably be going through for many weeks. 
because there's something special about being able to meet together in the presence of God and worshiping him together as his people. And this psalmist is not able to do that. Now, we don't know the circumstances exactly why he's not able to meet in the temple uh, with the people of God. It could be that he wrote this, this psalm comes from a time of exile. Uh, we, we know in the history of Israel that the Babylonian Empire uh, took over um, Jerusalem and exiled many of the, uh, of the leaders of, of, uh, of Israel, including the, the, those who were part of the temple uh, worshipers and leaders. And this psalm was written, it, it tells us, by the sons of Korah. And these were temple worshipers. They led, the sons of Korah were music ministers in the, in the temple of Israel. And that's no longer, he's not able to do that. He's, he remembers the time that he's able to do that. But, uh, but for now, that's been taken away from him. So he's lamenting this. Just want to make the point, uh, friends, that let's use this, this time as we, as we pray uh, during this crisis. Let's use this time to lament. It's one of the things that we can do. Um, we can pour out our souls. The psalmist says that he pours out his soul to God as he remembers how he was able to worship with the people of God. But take some time in your prayers to be honest with the Lord about your, your fears, your uncertainty, uh, your grief, your disappointment. Uh, it's okay to lament. It's right to lament and to be honest with God about what we're feeling. The psalmist also struggles with a question that is very relevant in any crisis. And the question is, where is God in this? Notice in, in verse 3, he says, My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? That question is coming from outside. It's, it's coming from people who, who don't believe in the God of Israel. It's, it's a kind of a, a sneering question to undermine faith. Where is God in this? And um, it comes up again in verse 10. As with deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? And so that, that's a question that, that comes up in times of great tragedy. It comes up as, as people who don't, don't believe in God, use it to taunt those who, who do believe in God. And, and, that, and so the question is coming from outside, but it's also coming from within. He's struggling with that question. Where is God? He, he says in verse 9, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Is God absent? Has God forgotten me? And maybe that's a question that you're struggling with. Where is God in this? And I want to say to you, it is, it is okay to struggle with that question. And it is okay to, to pray about that to the Lord, to vocalize doubt and uncertainty to God in prayer. And to say, Lord, I, I believe, but, but help my unbelief in this situation. 
So that's a question that, that arises at a time like this. Where is God? Now, we have an answer to that question. If we believe in the God revealed in the Bible, we have an answer to that question. And the answer is this. God is with us. Friends, God is with us. He never leaves us and he never forsakes us. The God of the Bible is revealed as a God who is with his people. And you see this in the Old Testament as God led the people of Israel out of Egypt through the wilderness time. He assures them that he is with them. We may not have the answer to why God is allowing this to happen or or how God is at work in the midst of this. We may not have all the answers to those kinds of questions, the why question, but the where question, we have a clear answer in scripture. God is with us. The God of the Bible is revealed as Emmanuel, which means God with us. Somebody sent me an email this week, somebody in our congregation the email said, remind the people of this. God has not gone into quarantine. <laughs> We're in quarantine. We're on lockdown. But God is not. God is with us. We worship Emmanuel. And as the psalmist struggles with these questions, and he struggles with the sense of the absence of God and, and with despair, and, and he feels like he uses this image of, Drowning in turbulent water in, in, in verse 7, the, the end of that, the second part of that, where he says, all your breakers and your waves have gone over me. It's this image seems to be what he's talking about is this image of being tossed about in water. Maybe you've had an experience like that on a rafting trip or a canoe trip where you've gone overboard and, and you get into the rapids and, and, and that is a, a scary feeling and a feeling of, of desperation and not being in complete control. And uh, he uses that image, I think, to talk about his, his emotional state at, at, at this season in his life. But as he talks about that, he's being tossed around. His soul is in turmoil. Hope and faith begin to rise as he remembers the character of God. So he's, he's honest with God about where he's at. He's engaging with God in prayer. And as he does that, hope and faith begin to rise because he begins to remember the blessings of the past, but also the present character of God who does not change. And so after saying, you know, I feel like I'm being tossed around. Your waves have gone over me. He says in verse 8, By day the Lord commands his steadfast love, his covenant love. The God we serve is a God of steadfast covenant love. And at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. This God is the God of my life. And then he says in verse 9, I say to God, my rock. So he's just identified some some characteristics of God. God is a God of steadfast love. God is the God of our life. God is our rock. 
Friends, during this time, don't take your eyes off the character of God, the character of God revealed in the Bible, the character of God revealed in Christ. I like what one commentator says. He says about this section in the psalm, in the midst of the swirling turmoil of suffering, the psalmist encounters something almost unexpected. His thrashing hand grips the line of God's love. I love that. His thrashing hand grips the line of God's love. And I want to encourage you to do that, to, to reach out the hand of faith to the love of God and understand his character hasn't changed. A lot has changed about the world, but God does not change. His character does not change. He's a God of steadfast love. He is still our rock. And, and then he reminds himself, and this is something we have to do. We have to remind ourselves and we have to preach to ourselves about the hope that we have in this God. And that's the refrain in this psalm. Verse 5, why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. You see, he's preaching to himself. We have to do that in times like this. We have to preach to ourselves. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Well, there's a lot of good reasons why I'm in turmoil and cast down. But then how do I get out of that? Hope in God, the God revealed in the Bible, the God revealed in Christ. And then he looks forward to the future. For I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. You know, we should be praising God now, even in the midst of this time of difficulty. Praising God for the life that he's given us. Praising God for... Um, the support that we're receiving from one another, from friends, from family. There are things to, to praise God for, um, and we need to praise him indiv individually. But he's looking forward to the day when he's going to praise God again, not just by himself, but with the people of God. I shall again praise him. Remember, he's lamenting that he's not able to gather with the people of God. And that's a hope for us, too, brothers and sisters, that we're going to one day be together again, praising God together. We shall again praise him, our salvation and our God. And, uh, and my hope and my prayer is, of course, that we're going to be able to do that here in the next maybe couple of months in, in the sanctuary together at, uh, at the church that we love. But I do know and I do believe that if we can't meet together, um, if, we, if we're not able to meet together in, in the way that we want to meet in this life, that we are going to meet in a sanctuary that is not built by human hands. And, and that is a great hope that we have as Christians. Friends, we know in, in, in an even greater way than the psalmist knew that God is with us in the midst of suffering and difficulty because our Emmanuel is Jesus. Jesus who went to the cross for us. He suffered for you and he suffered for me. He experienced on the cross 
God forsakenness. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he experienced that for us so that we never have to experience that. As we're united to him by faith, we can be assured that, that God is with us and God is for us. And it's not just that Jesus entered into suffering and shares the experience of suffering with us, but because he did that, he transforms it. Because beyond the cross is what? Resurrection. Jesus' grave is empty. Beyond this life is life eternal. And so this is our hope because of the crucified and risen Christ. God is our salvation. God is our hope. We will praise him again. So I just invite you to, to follow the, the, the model of this psalm. And there are so many other psalms like this. That's one reason I love the psalms and I love to pray the psalms. They're honest. Use these psalms to lament. Be honest with God about your, your questions and your disappointments. But don't forget the character of God. Don't forget the salvation he has won for you. And the hope that he offers through Jesus Christ, his son, our Lord. Amen. Let's, we want to lift up 